I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good news, everyone. It might be time for Dog vs. Carrot Round 2 here at the Ramble. Welcome along to the Football Ramble. It's Monday, the 20th of February. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Luke Moore. Hello everyone, hope you all had a lovely weekend, enjoyed the football. Let's get straight to our highlights because we've got a new member of the Ramble, Pete. We have. We went to see a, a little dog uh, that we will be calling Sammy Amiobi the dog. <laughs> nice! Hooray! We've Congratulations! Got, we've already got, a, we couldn't call him Shola because we've got a dog called Lola. Oh, so okay. I'm gonna have to, Lola, so I'm yeah. going to have to um, call... Lola Amiobi, Lola Amiobi. Because <laughs> they, they know the sound, not the specific yeah, name. Because Shola exactly. and Lola are too similar. Yeah, it's too similar. So you have so Lola and Sammy. Yeah, and maybe if we get another dog, it'll be um, Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Amiobi, yeah. Who, who is often overlooked, I find. I, he is, yeah, yeah. He's got, he's, got a, he's got a lovely kind of Geordie American twang. He's spent all, all his time out there. What, what, um, what breed of dog? Uh, a border terrier, a little little baby border terrier, little beardy, little beardy border little terrier, beardy beardy. adorable. Border We've all seen photos. We're we're looking forward to puppy versus carrot. Can yes. They, yes. Can, can they eat carrots at that young age? You've literally got a dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should not. What did you feed it? She never sees him. She, he's always at like the dog. He's always like the dog. Uh, what's it called? The dog No, he he didn't eat carrots. I didn't feed him carrots. Right. What did you What did you feed it? Dog food. Dog food. <laughs> the way you said that is when Pete said that it was like you were. Like, I was. I was told I just do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Looks after himself. <laughs> goes out. He goes hunting. <laughs> yeah, Pablo going hunting. Foraging. <laughs> oh, it's, it's good a, news though. It is great news. Yeah. Yes. Looking forward to getting them next week. So exciting. Fun, and fun, how, fun, how will fun. how before we move on very very quickly? How will Lola be with? She will attack it. Okay. <laughs> After manage that process, she will attack him. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was your highlight of the weekend, Andy? Uh, you know what? I, I hate to be predictable and too on brand, but it's got to be 
PSG 4, Lille 3. But not because of the game itself, because normally when you see a 4-3, where one team is 2-0 up, then they go 3-2 down, then they probably come back to win 4-3. But that's not even the tip of the iceberg. So in this game, you had um, Kylian Mbappe like quite visibly being pissed off with the rest of his team as he had to do it all <laughs> himself all over again. Nice. Last minute Messi free kick after he'd done kind of nothing Great all game. Kick it was. Neymar yeah. getting injured mm. during the game after his uber professional week of... Um, going and doing that poker tournament after they lost to Bayern <laughs> and then going to McDonald's afterwards. And people in France think he's deliberately doing it to piss off Mbappe right. at, at this point. Right. But, you know, he was genuinely injured. He tried to walk off the pitch and in the end he was stretched off because he was too he was too limpy. It's a bit rich though. He's, but, he's literally named after a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, baffles. But the best bit, actually, was sporting director Luis Campos or de facto sporting director Luis Campos who was... The guy behind making Monaco champions in 2017 worked well with Christophe Gautier before. We thought this was PSG being sensible. They gave him the job and then realised he was still doing sporting director duties for Celta, as Jonathan Johnson described, his sort of side hustle that he forgot <laughs> to mention to them. He decided the best way to sweep under the carpet, the fact that he had a very public row with Neymar and Marquinhos last week, mainly because Neymar's really pissed off that he tried to sell him, he thought an appropriate behaviour for a sporting director to support an under-pressure coach was to come down on the touchline, coach himself from the touchline, and while everyone else was going mad over Messi's winner, he went up to the fourth official and went, see that? In your face. In your face. It was crazy, <laughs> even by their standards. Even by Liga and standards. Great meltdown. Great uh, meltdown. I, 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 my highlight of the weekend was a meltdown, a bit of a meltdown as well. It was De Zerbi's, uh post-match interview after... Mm. Uh, conceding a late winner to Fulham at the Amex and uh, Brian absolutely smashed Fulham in the game as well. They were all how, over How did them. it compare to your meltdown after the winner went in? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I was actually very composed considering I, I was I was actually really thinking about it from how are the Fulham fans going to be feeling right now because that is... Ah, don't worry about that's it. The, yeah, that's no. the way you want to win a game, really. But De Zerbi in his post-match interview, uh, kind of uh, you, one, one of his um, explanations for <laughs> being a bit wound up by the whole thing was because he said he had to spend two hours speaking to referees in the week and, it, and, and it and it took time out of the time he could have spent on the training field with the team. It was um it was a very specific dig yeah. of the type we've not heard before. Normally it's about a decision. This was about like you have blocked out two hours of my diary. You've wasted my time. <laughs> this, this could have been an email. And I think everyone can relate to that, can't they? <laughs> yeah. An unnecessary meeting during the week they didn't need. I'm I'm I am here for Deserby's absolute like just kind of ballsy honesty yeah. in all of his interviews. I love it. I think yeah. it's great. So yeah, I think they, they don't want him to be quite as honest as he wants to be, though, do they? Mm. No. Yeah, because we're we're kind of known for being quite a nice club. Exactly. Um, and he sort of goes a little bit against that, but I think the fans are loving it. I think we yeah. like we like having a, a manager with personality. Uh, mm. My highlight was probably a fight at Villa Park. That was definitely yes. my highlight. Yes. And I thought to myself, it can't have been Jules's doing because she was at BT Sports. So it can't, it definitely can't. So there was talk, I mean, the game, you know, Aston Villa 2, Arsenal 4, which we're going to Are these to. wicked rumours though, or is this true? No, apparently well, it's been widely reported that mm. two um, analysts, one from Villa, one from Arsenal, had a, a physical altercation in the press Whoa. area involving one slap in the other. Um, and I thought to myself... Fighting that, of the Ethernet. And that, I know, <laughs> the nerdiest fight ever. Like something like from the IT crowd or something. But apparently it did get physical. And um, I'm not sure if both of them were rejected, but one of them was asked to leave, I believe. One, I heard there was a cut on the eye. 
There oh. we go. Mm. Never Analyze let the football that. manager geeks outside. Never. No, exactly. <laughs> You're meant to be in the bedroom. Just stay there. One of them saw the other one lose a key game oh, and then go back to a previous on. save. Unacceptable. <laughs> 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 Does anyone That's... know any more information about this fight? No, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. it's only been reported that it was a couple of analysts. They've named a couple. They've named who it was. Oh, a couple of analysts. But no one. Um, no, they're not. They're not household names or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might be now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a feisty game. Let's start with that one mm. then, shall we? Aston Villa two, Arsenal four. What a match, by the way, and what an, what an ending to the game as well. It almost looks certain to be a two-all finish before Arsenal somehow managed to score two late goals and win the game. And well, you say somehow. The last, the second one, there was no goalkeeper. Well, yeah, there was. That's how they managed yeah, to do that, that one. To do that one. <laughs> uh, well, actually, the goalkeeper was at, was at the heart of both of those um, those two winning goals for Arsenal. I think so we could all it? get behind. Can't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, as soon as that that Jorginho hit came off the bar, was it the bar or the post, uh, and then off Martinez's head into the goal, I think majority of people would have had a little bit of a laugh well, at that. Well, the fact that he... Apart from Villa fans. He's he a objectively guy? a dickhead. He's a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, but like... Secondly, the, the, is he? The, the unintentional back head into his own goal mm. to lose the game ha- only happened because he was spending so much time wasting... There was so much time wasting. Right. The minutes wouldn't have been added on otherwise. Okay. And this was a nice bit of Schadenfreude. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's objectively... The fact that your chaotic energy thinks that he's not a dickhead... No, I just think... <laughs> he definitely is. I just, think, I just think he treats the game with the respect it deserves. <laughs> That's probably a fair point. That's I, a fair I'm point. I'm disappointed that none of the Arsenal players went up to him and did the what he did with the World Cup. Yeah. The World Cup trophy yeah. and did that to him. They should have, at the very done. least, at the very they should, least, Jorginho could have ruffled his hair. They should have yeah. penetrated him. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, it's too much. The man of the match award. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. grab one of his gloves. I think people took a lot of shine for it from it because he was. He, he seemed <laughs> to spend all of his World Cup celebrations trolling Mbappe. Yeah, right. Okay. Which is a bit of a weird thing to do when you just look on the actual World Cup. And then yeah. afterwards, went big about. Oh, I've got huge respect for him. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting it's obviously just his personality isn't it that's how yeah. he felt yeah. the, what he finds funny is what, mm. what he did but um, now, now Arsenal fans are laughing that's at so him that's so disapproving yeah. I enjoyed that <laughs> um, but yeah I mean what, what a moment My, uh, Unai Emery he didn't, he didn't hold back did he in his little post-match interview either he basically no. said I cannot believe Martinez has gone up for, for the corner. He's like, I've well, never, ever told my goalkeeper to go up for a corner. Wait, he, didn't actually that that was... he, actually, he actually said, I've never, ever told a goalkeeper to go up and score one goal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Tell him to score one goal then. Because <laughs> that was the missing piece. Why does he think he's there? <laughs> <laughs> he's told he he he's just gone re- his positional uh, accuracy just gone absolutely Sorry, boss, I'm normally in the other, the other penalty area. <laughs> that, is it the same up here? Can I catch it? <laughs> but it, it was it was the best explanation that I've heard anyone ever give of why keepers shouldn't go up in the in the last mm. minute. He's, he's right. You do have a lot more to, to, right. to lose than to gain. Although, of course, from the fans' perspective, when I see the goalkeeper go, I love that. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really enjoy that, particularly mm. yeah, if it's a game same. where I don't have a team in it. You don't have a lot more to yeah. lose than you have to gain. If, you, if you're already losing 3-2, you go up there and you lose 4-2, you've got one goal against you when you could get a whole point if you score. Yeah, I think it. I'm I'm pro of doing that. I'm definitely pro. It. He's obviously mm. thinking. I think we're only about. You've got no chance scoring. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I think that that's more it, isn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think. Do you know what I think? I think Emery. The, the reading between the lines, I thought that Emery was annoyed because he 
kind of intimated that Martinez wouldn't have gone up if it wasn't him personally that scored the own goal. And it was kind of a personal thing, right. trying, to, trying right. to make up okay. for his own error. If it had just been a 3-2 ah, defeat in a league game, I don't think mm. he would have gone up. If, but it, it wasn't an error, really. I mean, it was, nah. it was, it was so disappointing because I was on the way to the Forest game. Seeing that pop up on the phone saying, Martinez, 90 plus three own goal. This is too good. This <laughs> yeah. can't be true. And just seeing that it was... You know, potentially a great goal for Jorginho, which went in off the back of his head and wasn't his fault <laughs> at all. Deserved a goal. Deserved a goal. Yeah. It's beautiful. Did you see Mikel Arteta impersonating the referee? Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, I didn't I see loved that, it. No. In, I loved this. In a move that was almost seemed specifically designed to annoy Richard Keyes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing is, this sort of thing happens all the time. It's one of those things that I, I noticed. You know, there were lots of little things you noticed if you went to a game during the pandemic that was behind closed doors. Now, obviously, the you novelty... Hear things more yeah, you, obviously, yeah. the novelty wore off pretty quickly. You know, you could see who was the biggest shouter on a team. There was a brilliant bit when I went to see Chelsea versus Atletico at the bridge when Chelsea went on to win the Champions League, of when course. When Chelsea were good. Where, yeah, that's right. Yeah. When um, the, the, the referee, I think it was Daniele Osato, um, gave a booking to one of the Atletico players and he went, number 10, come here! And all the young Atletico subs, they all as one stood up and went, number 10, come here. <laughs> but obviously you could hear it. That, that must happen every game, but you yeah. could hear it. And yeah. obviously he couldn't do anything about it because he was like 60 yards away and there were 10 of them doing it. I think Arteta's touchline behaviour has, has has genuinely become increasingly more, more frantic in, in recent weeks though, hasn't it? And this was a, a good example of that because it was quite, um, it was amusing because it was quite petty as well. Basically the referee was... Uh, signalling for uh, a, change, a, a yeah. change to be made, a substitution to be made, and Arteta basically mimicked that. But it was the facials that went with it. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember a couple, of, doing a couple of months Godfrey. ago yeah, when yeah, Harlan yeah. and exactly Godfrey like had the same thing? It yeah. was like this. Mm, yeah, exactly mm. like that. And I, and I think um, <laughs> going back to the game itself, I think you know, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be absolutely <laughs> delighted with the outcome here because absolutely. because you know they've they've had a really tricky game midweek. They kind of went toe to toe with a. With you know, with with their biggest rivals for this season, and obviously came out, you know, losing the game. And I know there's a long way to go, and there's a really, really big percentage of the season left to go, which feels a little bit false because of the World Cup and everything. But to come through that kind of test, you couldn't have really asked for more. Like obviously, there there would have been a perhaps some, a lot of fans out there who would have loved Arsenal just to have a routine two 0 win away from home. But the fact that they were tested, mm. that they they went behind, that they conceded a couple of goals and they bounced back and they really found some way to win quite late on. That is really how title challenges are burnished. And if you look if, if they do win the title this season and you look back at key moments, it feels to me this the, the bouncing back of this, particularly given what happened with Man City afterwards, yeah. will be a key key moment. Exactly. It's what it's what we frame as the grit of champions, but mm. it's actually a little bit of fortune. Yeah, had they had they not won this game, it would have been the fourth match in a row um, that they would have dropped points in. So the mm. fact that they did manage to grind something out and actually go on to to win this game like they did, I think the majority of people are kind of looking at it as sort of saying that they showed this kind of special character and this confidence to never stop, to keep going on and winning. Because actually to bounce back from losing to Man City last week when they'd not been top of the table, dropping down into second, City going top, knowing they could put pressure on City who were then playing after Arsenal on Saturday. It worked wonders, didn't it? And mm. and I think mm. could potentially be a, a pivotal point in the in the title race because then when we move on to City's game, they end up dropping points, which mm. is incredible because they absolutely thrashed Forrest in, in, yeah. in this game and had so many chances, yeah. but it actually ended up ending one all 
at the city ground between Forest and Manchester City. Bernardo Silva scored the first goal. And after that, I think Haaland had a flurry of chances. He missed an absolute sitter at, at one point. And they go and drop points, Andy. It's, it's amazing how it's all kind of changed again in the space of a few days. Yeah, that, that's right. But I mean, this if you're going to make a case as to why City aren't going to win the league, I guess this is your case in point in the fact that they can go play well and not win games. It's the mm. opposite of what champions normally do and that they can play poorly and still pick up the wins. And to me, it feels like City are not a million miles away from 1920 City, you know, the one that finished absolutely miles behind Liverpool. Mm. The difference being that there is no that standard of Liverpool in the league this year. And I, I appreciate Arsenal have had a very good season, but I think this is actually quite a, a poor Premier League season. I think if you look how far off it um, Liverpool are, Chelsea are, Tottenham are, and to think that even after they've been so poor for big swathes of the season, Liverpool and Tottenham, you know, could still conceivably get top four. The way United started like they did, and they're actually in with a, you know, reasonable shout of the title uh, Andy, uh, what at was this the, point. Um, what was the atmosphere like at the City Ground? Because it looked amazing. Incredible. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Their home form's been unreal though, hasn't it? How, yeah. how much is that down to what the supporters are doing there? I think I think it's big. Uh, you know, Forest is, is is very old school and um, you, you'll hear on our At The Match that's going to come out in the, in, in the coming days from, from that. But I think the way that Forest rev the crowd because they quite consciously dug a trench very early on as if to say, right, come, break us down, which is quite a brave thing to do against Manchester City. But until Bernardo Silva scored that goal, okay, City had all the possession. But, you know, if they were going to score, it was going to be a rocket from outside the box. Kalor Navas didn't really have that much to do. Now, you might say in the second half, Kalor Navas didn't have that much to do, apart from that save he made from Amrit Laporte with Mm. his bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) It was right in the nuts. (laughs) It was right in the nuts, obviously, because you may say that he didn't have more saves to make because Holland missed them all. But when you started to get City chances in the second half, it's because Steve Cooper changed it up and that, that actually went for it a little bit more because first half, they were just sitting in, holding what they have. And City didn't really have a a way through that. Mm. Well, I think it just shows how good a coach Steve Cooper is. Yes, yeah, got totally. Coopered, didn't they? He can adjust, he can adapt. And, there, and it's not that long ago he was under pressure and then it felt a little bit surprising that Forrest released a, 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 um, a statement saying they'd given him a new contract, right? And mm. people were like, because people were wondering whether he was going to stick around or not, not really knowing too much about how the ownership would react. But it feels to me that he always finds a challenge and reacts to it. And he, and it, and, what was really interesting was in the post-match with Steve Cooper, when he said he, he seemed to make out that he had like a brilliant week at work because he was going, it's so fascinating to me to watch them, to, to work up a plan of how to deal with them. It's so intricate. It's so interesting. Like the, the, the absolute nerdy coach <laughs> was like loving the challenge mm. and coming out of the back and get, of getting a point was, um, was, um, was obviously a, a huge bonus for them. But the reason I asked the original question is because when Chris Wood scored, the atmosphere just seemed absolutely incredible. The, ro- from, the, from the roof, the roof came off. Yeah, and it was another one of those. Guys. I think Forest fans had spent a while kind of criticizing Chris Wood for for not being good enough, and then there he goes. He goes and scores the winner. Pops up. It's always the way, isn't it? Ex- exactly. Not and, where Chris Wood it fucking isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was speaking to a Newcastle fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was it was it was funny because. It, Producer Tom and I, who I went with, we were absolutely convinced it was going to be ruled out for offside. Mm. It, it was very strange because we, we had a screen in front of us and we could see, and he looked offside. And you, you'll hear when we talk about it on Out of the Match, we're so convinced 
Erling Haaland was so convinced. They went back mm. to the halfway line, obviously. He's normally the one who takes the kickoff. And he picked up the ball off the centre spot and threw it back to Edison. Because <laughs> he was convinced it was going to be a free kick. And all of a sudden, it's like they got to celebrate the goal twice. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, um, fantastic for them. Yeah, uh, Haaland uh, was uh, quite amusing, wasn't he? He said uh, he admitted before the game that he wants more service from his teammates. He was very polite about it, though. He said, I told Rodri, please look for me in behind. I said <laughs> But to be fair, it's not as though Haaland didn't have enough chances yeah, against yeah. Forrest. I mean, he had, he had enough. It's a side mm. of Haaland that I've not necessarily seen that much. Like, he was trying a bit hard. He got very frustrated. He was trying to smash the lever off everything all the time. That that one where he was right in front of goal and he just needed to tap it in, but he well, he hit the bar and then it. smashed yeah, it. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was yeah. one where he just needed to just... And I suppose the caveat would be there was a situation where Foden, if he hadn't fallen and stumbled... Um, it would have been a tap-in. Mm. The, the, the Forest defender did really well for that one. But uh, I mean, yeah, well, that, that was that was Felipe who had a, a a great game. I mean, he was he was man of the match. And you know, you, you can talk about the tools that Cooper gives Forest to try out different stuff. I think the thing is they've got a settled lineup now, which you know wasn't the case if you go a couple of months ago. And they've got lots of big personalities in there. We talked about Kalo Navas, Felipe, who's got tons of Champions League experience. Big Jonge. Actually, I think that was the thing. They were really getting into it with Manchester City. I mean, there was a lot of chip between Morgan Gibbs-White and Grealish. There was a lot of chip between Jonge and Grealish mm-hmm. as, as well. Grealish was fantastic, yeah. actually. Pete, have but, you heard Andy say chip before? Chip. Chit. Chit. Chip. 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 Have you heard him say that? Have I heard him say chip It really before? confused me you said chip then. Why? Why? Chipping off. Yeah, I thought you, I thought you said chit. C-H-I-T. As <laughs> a chit-chat. <laughs> Oh, are you chip? getting that old, Luke? That you can't hear with headphones on. I think hello, hello. It's, my, it's my grandson. It's my grandson coming around later. <laughs> he, said, he said he was. <laughs> you, you talk about a settled side, though, Andy. They've had like massive issues at centre half. Forest, the, the two centre central defenders that played the game, the only fit central defenders at Forest at the moment. Because last week, remember, both of them got injured without a minute of each other. Yeah, yeah. F- so Felipe, well. Felipe is the best one they've got, and mm. the way that he was able to deal with Haaland you talked about Haaland sort of over trying with those chances I think a huge part of that is Felipe's just wrestling him yeah. the whole game mm. and there aren't many centre-backs in the Premier League who can who can do that who have been able to do that with mm. Erling Haaland well, it's, it's the old rule sorry Jules it's the old rule about um, about defending like particularly seems to happen a lot in the Premier League the bigger the striker the more you get away with mm. like they, they Haaland, Haaland will batter through you like a steamroller if yeah. you can and you, if you don't stand up to him, you're in big trouble. But then when you do stand up to him, it looks like he's being fouled quite a lot, but the referees never never seem to call it. Um, if you want to listen to that At The Match episode that Andy's been talking about from Nottingham Forest, it's out tomorrow morning. If you're a Ramble Patreon subscriber, uh, you can check that out. Then uh, click the link in the synopsis to sign up and get that episode. It's definitely going to be a, a really good listen, especially from the atmosphere that, that we've all heard from from the telly. So well worth giving that a listen if you're a Ramble Patron subscriber or if you want to sign up, then get involved. Um, right, let's talk Man United-Leicester. Um, Man United won 3-0 at home yesterday. They, Andy mentioned it a minute ago, they're, I think they're in with a shot at the you title. You said this last and I week. Said you this, called it before anyone else. I yeah. called this, I said this, weeks ago and yeah. Vish laughed at me and he was sort of saying like oh clip that oh, and all this stuff and I was like well we didn't I just, I just <laughs> I, unfortunately I just think that the way they've been going under Eric Ten Hag I was I was worried when Eric, when Ericsson got injured about the the depth in the squad that United have particularly in midfield um, and obviously McTominay had been out injured Casemiro had been suspended but 
they've put themselves in an incredible position now. They're three points behind Man City after that win, five points off Arsenal at the top. They've got a little bit of a break now between their next league fixtures because they've got um, Barcelona in the Europa League. They've got the cup final on Sunday. They've got an FA Cup in between that as well against West Ham. So they're not playing in the league now until they face Liverpool. And that could potentially be a match that decides amongst those who, I don't know, I guess maybe amongst other football fans, whether United are truly in this title race. Because if they beat Liverpool and in that time, Arsenal and City will have played, of course... There, there could be so much in this, Andy, couldn't there? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're very convincing at the moment. Um, there's no doubt about that. Again, they started quite poorly mm. in, in this game. Yeah, they needed to pay, didn't they? Well, yeah, we, we, we talked about, you know, the, the, the difference between not being able to be clinical and, and being that. And, and United absolutely are that at the moment. They can ride out the poor moments during games. And, you know, they've got obviously one of the, the most informed strikers on the planet at the moment. Oh, he's been fantastic. Rashford's and, so good. And, you know, Leicester came into this game in good form. They scored a, scored a hat full of goals in recent games. Yeah, yeah. eight in their last and, two. And I think De Gea was absolutely key. You guys touched on it. But the, the, what they were able to do is, is essentially have De Gea bail them out a couple of times, made some really, really good saves. And then they, they were able to ease themselves into the game. And then they just took the game away from Leicester. And that is a really... I think people of, of of our age, maybe our age, Jules, your age, um, are um, are essentially kind of programmed to think as soon as May United start going, there's no stopping them because that's what they were like basically for a whole decade. Yeah, when we were growing up watching football, but there is something kind of magical about watching it happen in in, in full May United kit at Old Trafford and you know Rashford doing that as a, as a local lad and stuff. They took the game away from Leicester. Leicester just couldn't deal with them. R- Rashford, um, from whatever position he starts from. He just looks so devastating, so difficult to deal with. He doesn't, um, he doesn't look like he can be easily stopped. Although having said that, I think it was the second goal, I was absolutely convinced it was offside. Mm-hmm. Like convinced. And even when they drew the line, it looked like he was offside. <laughs> it was, it was it's very, like a Chris Wood one. Don't yeah. talk to me about those VAR lines. It was, it was really strange. <laughs> it, I, I, I just couldn't believe it was, it was given onside. I still feel like that today, weirdly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? What, like even if you've been... I, I just, I, it's I, fine. I, well, given 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 that what's happened with VAR the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they you know someone finds out that they've drawn it from the wrong place or something. <laughs> it looks so <laughs> offside. Have, have, having said that, this is the opposite discussion to the one we usually have about VAR in England, where it's like even if it's proven yeah. with lines that it's offside, we get annoyed about it. It's like, yeah. well, <laughs> we don't believe it's it. A it's, it's, it's the spirit of the game, and normally <laughs> the the argument we have is just. Let it go. I mean, the, the way English people see the game is not conducive to, it's not compatible with VAR. Mm. That, that is the main issue with VAR, isn't mm. it? Yeah. 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 Uh, and I, th- I thought, I also I just want to say, I thought Veghorst put a good, good shift in as well. He was, um, he was really busy. Um, producer Roy was saying to me that it looked like May United, all the other players were just desperate for him to score, to get a goal. And he Basically, he's Giroud for France during the 2018 World Cup. And it's no bad thing. They yeah. won the World Cup. He exactly. does a lot of work exactly. off the ball, doesn't he? And, yeah. And I always, I quite enjoy watching him run because he's got the longest legs ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he, he, he performs that role so well. I'll give him an 8.5 on the Mikel Antonio scale for that kind of role. <laughs> yeah. Antonio is the gold standard. Yeah. Um, just the, thank, the most thankless, hard-running, busy <laughs> forward in the whole Premier League. But, but it is funny because we've spent ages and ages, Pete, going on about um, how Cristiano Ronaldo going has removed this huge shadow from the mood at Man United and all the rest of it. But actually, we're starting to see how 
useful him not being in the squad is for them in a football sense. Yeah, Vekos is much better. Vekos is much better. And it allows Bruno Fernandes to be Bruno Fernandes. Vekos is better than Cristiano Ronaldo. He is at the moment. He is. You know. Is, I... is Rashford better than Haaland at the moment? I mean, Rashford... That's why he Rash, seems to you be. Go, Rashford yeah. right now... He's scored 24 goals already this season in all competitions. That's more than he's ever scored in an entire season at Manchester United. So he's ever already beaten his own individual record of goals in a campaign. But since the World Cup particularly is when he's he's mm. come into form, which is amazing when you think back to the World Cup and that Gareth Southgate only used him pretty much as a substitute. Um, but he scored 16 goals since the World Cup, which is more than any other player in all of the top divisions in Europe, more than Haaland, more than Benzema, more than Osman, uh, Napoli. He's just on fire right now. And I am not a professional football manager in case no one knew that, mm. but I am a fantasy Premier League manager. <laughs> and right now, Rashford would be my captain over Haaland. One of the, well, one is, of the... is he? Uh, not this week, sadly. <laughs> as, a, as of next week. One of those when players. they don't, game when, that chills, when they don't she? play yeah. because there's a blank game week because they're in the cup. One of those, one of those players who the F, FPL in their in their wisdom have inexplicably decided he's a midfielder. He's a, he's a midfielder. Like Salah. Salah's a midfielder on there as well. That's great, isn't it? Not That's like a midfielder, I haven't seen. Yeah, incredible. I'll tell you who is a football manager once again, though. Good old Neil Warnock. Big Neil. Go on, Warnock. He's back and he's back with a win as well. So uh, in case you missed it, Neil Warnock has returned to management. Uh, he said he retired, but he hasn't. He's back. He's back at Huddersfield once again. Um, and uh, it's 28 years after his first spell at the club. And the fans there absolutely adore him. They were 1-0 down against Birmingham. They managed to turn things around at home and beat them by two goals to one. And Warnock said, I had tears in my eyes before the game when he heard the reception. Um, good news for Lovely. those of us who turned down the chance to produce his podcast about three months ago, um, because he's now no longer doing it, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, bullet dodged by us. Um, but um, you have to really also contextualise how dreadful Huddersfield Town have been oh, this been season. So given that like, they got so close to being promoted to the Premier League not that long ago. It's just been free fall ever since. And uh, for, for, for Neil to come in and, and manage them. I think he managed them in 1995. <laughs> Richard Jolly, who's brilliant on Twitter, tweeted that um, in 1995, Neil Warnock was Huddersfield Town Manager and Gigi Buffon was playing for Palmer. And now both those things are the same again <laughs> in, in 2023. So um, if he can keep them in the, in the championship, it'd be an amazing job. Um, those those managers aren't ever really retired, are they? Him, no. Allardyce. Redknapp was with the Leeds job this week. Oh my God. I I, honestly, I cannot tell you how many mixed emotions I had about that. I hate the man, but <laughs> it would be fucking great to see him at Leeds United. Let's be absolutely clear. Why Let's do you hate be, the man? We haven't got time for that. <laughs> Apparently, Dick Avocar's still working as well. So, you know, you can't keep a good man down. You <laughs> cannot keep a good man down. Oh, it's a great story. Um, right, we will take a break when we come back more on the weekend's matches. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Otra vez, dale, dale, dale. Bien, bien. Good, Rino Cero. Dale, Victor. Juan Victor. Juan Gonzalo. Bien, bien pasado. Good, good. I like this kind of work. Yeah, it looks good. I like it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Is that Phil Neville shouting? Yeah. Oh, it is actually him shouting. I thought yeah. it was somebody else doing all the work and him going, yes, I like this work. No, it's, been, <laughs> oh, it's actually him going BNB. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was like me in Barcelona last week. Yes. My, my really rubbish uh, version of uh, Spanish English. Yeah. Hola. <laughs> Como estás? Were you doing that? What else did you do? Um, well, I tried to ask, um, <laughs> I tried to ask for to have my... Uh, room you know like when you get your room cleaned by yeah. in the hotel i asked if they could come back a little bit later and i just i didn't really know how to say it so i just went uh cinco because i knew that was five cinco? i knew that was five but she she then said something really like long in spanish and i was like ah. so, so, so so basically do you reckon she went off and spoke to her colleagues and went she's a right celebrity piece of work in in 310 she wants five people cleaning her room <laughs> or Headshot i do i've seen her before definitely channel i think it's channel five <laughs> Headshot yeah. un disastre so yeah. google it, it i just made a mess it's a nice it's a nice action you got it's a nice spanish <laughs> action you got a mess. thank you <laughs> like, down south that's how i like yeah <laughs> oh dearie me uh, anyway sorry back back to Phil Neville we've got the Ramble Guide to Management with the Nevilles coming out tomorrow that's with Marcus Luke and Pete me Pete and Marcus after this show now are recording 45 minutes on the Neville's management career oh you've not done it yet no it's You're happening it? yeah. like, oh, longer okay. than their management <laughs> career <it feels> like. <laughs> looking forward to it I tell you you think, you've, you think you know all the madness that's gone on but you only just scraped the surface <laughs> I, you know I, I do alright doing this work but what listening to a high performance podcast with Phil fucking Neville <laughs> 
<laughs> nearly had me walking. <laughs> nearly, you, I just, I'll just go. I'll be a greengrocer. Jules can have a, <laughs> Jules can have a word with Jake for you if you want. <laughs> can you? you want me to? Jules, yeah. Can you? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to get on it? Oh, um, <laughs> before we get into what good friends Jules and Jake are, um, it's time to do uh, the bet fair, the bet fair segment. It's now time for a bonus bet fair popular bet builder. <laughs> Select from the most popular pre-made football bet builders using Betfair's Handy app, and you can add them to your bet slip in just one tap. We usually build our own ramble popular bet builder every Friday on the preview show for a particular game happening each weekend, but today's a Champions League bonus segment now that the midweek action is back underway. So today we're looking ahead to Liverpool versus Real Madrid, which is tomorrow night. Uh, we've all got a bet each. Andy, you're up first for this one. Uh, what have you selected? Real Madrid to be winning at half-time. Liverpool very, very good at conceding the first goal, of course. Definitely. And Real Madrid were able to rest Karim Benzema this weekend when they won at Osasuna. Sounds logical to me. Mm. That works. Peter? Uh, I didn't check back on my Liverpool Newcastle prediction of Lords of Cards, but I think I probably got there for finals. But for Friday's well done, prediction. Mate. But uh, I'm going to go for over a two and a half goal, 2.5 goals uh, in, in this one, because I think there's going to be, they're, they're going to be good. As long as uh, Real Madrid play a high line, I think they'll get in behind them. <laughs> could, be, could be goals at both ends. Uh, Jules? Well, with that in mind, uh, Real Madrid winning at half time, over two and a half goals. Liverpool are also going to score. And I think Mo Salah, it's his turn to get on the score sheet. Um, I think in the last couple of games, we've seen some really good Liverpool counter-attacks. Yeah. And I think he could uh, he could punish Real Madrid. So Mo Salah to score any time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to follow up with uh, the great living legend that is Luka Modric to assist Anytime the man is Will Young, evergreen. Um, so in um, in summary, Real Madrid to be winning at half time, over two and a half goals in the match, courtesy of our friend Pete. Mo Salah to score any time, uh, Luka Modric to assist any time. A five pound bet with Betfair on that popular bet builder returns one hundred and fifty pounds and thirty nine pence. And if we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK, just like it did a few weeks ago when we had a winner. Then we'll be back with another round of Betfair's popular bet builder on the preview show this Friday, exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook. T's and C's apply. Eighteen plus only. For more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. Jules, it's back to you. Thank you, Luke Moore. Uh, let's talk Newcastle nil, Liverpool two. PT, not the good run up that you wanted to the cup final but mm. a big win for Liverpool um, down to 10 men as well Newcastle after 25 minutes with that Nick Pope sending off it played, played better played better it's an incredible late <laughs> minute it, it was uh, amazing and I was slightly distracted by the fact I, I was around my wonderful neighbour's uh, house and he brought his mate round and he was making steak tartare now that's quite a risky it's meal it's a low percentage it's move it's a low percentage move I, you know how much I love steak tartare so I I said I love eat steak before tartare games, eat before, before football matches yeah. and, uh, and, and so he was making it but he kept on feeding the dog uh, and not washing his hands. Not and Sammy I was like, Yobi dog. No. Not the new dog. <laughs> dog. No, no. Um, but yeah, Sorry, he's, uh, he's got to go eat, eat carrots. An unhygienic <laughs> steak tartare by someone that's not a chef. Yeah, I mean, that okay. was that. How did that go? I'm surprised you're still here. Well, that was the thing. So I was like, is Newcastle's European aspirations dead? Will I survive the night? So it was like a nice little yeah. kind of... But, but at uh, least I've shat myself inside out. <laughs> it was delicious. And L- I lost a couple it. of stone. Yeah. All good. Did he, did he crack the raw egg on it as well? Uh, yeah, all that business. It was really good. Really good. But the prep the prep wasn't up there for me. So you, I like that this gets into the psyche of Pete. Right. So you would have seen him being unhygienic while preparing your lunch. Yeah. At the corner of your eye, but you haven't mentioned it. I haven't mentioned it. You thought, I'd rather eat the whole meal knowing it's very, very unhygienic (laughs) than even say, excuse me, Correct. uh, I just need to you didn't even have to be honest about it. You could have just said, I need to nip home. Yeah. Well, I know you heard me speaking Spanish earlier, but I'm actually British, so... 
<laughs> that explains it. Yeah. Is that what Pope said when he was walking off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, but it's just what we do. Yeah. Um, but well, why didn't you go? You're just like Salt Bay. Why don't you wear the gloves? Why yeah. don't you wear the gloves? gloves yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, don't bother appealing that red. No. Imagine if they tried. Imagine. Like, what are you going to get out of that? The, 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 the basis of the appeal and it would seem to be it would be really sad for him to miss yeah. a cup final. Yeah. But it would. Yeah. And his, it is. His brother it got, is his, really sad. His, I feel awful for him. It's his, not sad for Loris Carriers. No. Redemption arc on. Yeah. yeah. Big fan it's, of that. It, I'm well in favour of that. Is losing a Carabao Cup final for your first Redemption. game for two years? Redemption? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's a different man. It's Certainly gonna, bigger. It's going to go one. It's going to be either one end of the scale or the other. Yeah. He's either going to be yeah. a Newcastle hero or he's going to be. Never go there again. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna, he might as well leave. He might as well just start to realise that football maybe not, isn't for him. Yeah. Well, Nick Nick Pop's brother, who's also got a keeper, got sent off at the weekend as well. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. What did you make of the decision he made to do what he did? Because it was. Very I mean, odd. I thought he could have got away with a lot of it until he actually actively grabbed the ball. Yeah. Like if he just touched it, you'd be like, "Well, I touched it." I mean, that's yellow. That, that's a yellow. Yeah. But I mean, it, then he just grabbed it, pulled it in. He kind of forgot where well, it was. We've, a we've, bit. we've all been there before, where you try and correct an error. And it makes it worse. I yeah. remember driving back home from a nighttime radio show once, and there was um, a man with his friends, and he was um, trying to take a piss by a bin. Mm. And then he saw a police car going past. Piss on the police car. Uh, and so, <laughs> but basically, basically, he tried to run away, but without pulling his trousers and pants up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just collapsed on the pavement. It was a little bit like that. The worst nice. one, the what worst did he get done for? Indecent exposure, pissing in a public place. I reckon the whole grand slam. Running away yeah. from yeah. the police. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just a weekend for you, Jules, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, one I, the, one, the worst one I've done to make things worse is when I came home once when I was still living with my parents drunk, um, dropped a takeaway curry on the floor mm. onto something. Some of it went on the carpet, but it was dark. And so I tried to pick it up, <laughs> put my hand in it, then tried to put the light switch on. If I couldn't remember exactly where the light switch was, just put handprints all over the wall. Yeah. And nice. my, my dad the next day was like, I understand you dropped a curry. Yeah. But what's all the other stuff? Yeah. Why has that happened? Because most, um, like the, there's no guarantee, there's no kind of uh, warrant in the world that covers turmeric. It's the one thing that never comes off. Bright yellow. I I once used turmeric in cooking about six months ago on one baking tray. You can still see it. Yeah, it's been for the dishwasher about fifteen times. Absolutely mad. Yeah, incredible. It's it's like the famous Poogate story between Brighton and Crystal Palace. You guys all know that story, don't you? Where um, they faced each other at the Amex and. Uh, there was this huge story about how when Crystal Palace arrived, there oh, was, there was a, a poo in, yeah. in the away dressing room. Yeah. Right. And apparently the real story behind it is that the Crystal Palace, for ages, Palace were blaming Brighton and right. thinking that they'd you know messed yeah. up the away it's dressing the room to try and put yeah. them off. Yeah. But, um, but actually what really happened, which came out years later, is that it was actually the Crystal Palace coach driver had a dodgy tummy, right. was desperate for the loo. So yeah. the day before the game, goes into the away dressing room, uses the toilet, but it wasn't like ready and set up to, to use yet because it wasn't match day. And so he sadly had a bit of an accident, but in trying to clean it up, right. he just messed it smeared up it. and smeared huh. it, it was everywhere. Yeah. And so then by the next day, it was all dried into the dressing room. Well, he just didn't absolute... own up to it. No, he didn't own up to it. Do they not? For is it ages. Like, it was years until it actually all came out. But what's the situation like? As it, as in the toilets don't work on off match days. I think there was no. I don't know. Like I a master kit. No, I think um, there was no loo. Uh, toilet or there was no loo roll. Right. Like and he didn't make it to the toilet in time. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, and in many ways, this good. whole conversation is a metaphor for what Nick Pope did against Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> the court should not have a fucking toilet. Let's make that very clear. Yeah. Would, would it? Would it have been? What sort of monster would you live on coach? Because he's a coach driver. Yeah, but like, 
she's got a cord. She's he's literally driving around a big toilet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the best thing is, is that the, the apparently like when it all came out, they were then going, "He shits where he wants." He shits where he wants. <laughs> yeah. Well, By the way, Palace won that game. Yeah. Uh, it's good, it's good to know. How, how said, uh, I don't know the rules on the red card, but it felt like a harsh decision. Yeah, <laughs> like, you say. should know the rules so on the card. The whole of Newcastle as a city, as a club, is all basically coming at this from the premise of the fact that they're all personally really upset and Nick Pope's going to miss the cup final. Yeah. You'll totally understand. But Eddie Howe piped up. It was worse than that. He was like, I, I th- it felt like a very harsh sending off. And then he went, but I don't really know what the rules are around that. <laughs> really you should are. know that. Yeah. One, you know, it was it was obviously disappointing. But I, I think you know Newcastle. Presumably Newcastle fans are like, oh, typical us, our first cup final for how long? And now we've not got no keepers because of course the Pravka's cup tied as well. Newcastle never have a keeper crisis. I don't think anyone's ever worried about Newcastle's keepers. The one thing they're not worried about. <laughs> okay. Okay. The, the, the this seems for... out of yeah. out of it though, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems a bit the, mad. The, the weird thing about this, like beyond the headline, is they started the game really well before Darwin scored mm. and actually they could have completely folded after that red card they, they played pretty well and the, they had the, chances it was the, it was the best performance they've played in about a month I think yeah. after, the, after the sending off I thought they played really well but um, yeah how are you feeling about the cup final have you managed to get a ticket yet uh, I've spent an enormous amount of money on one of those ticket resellers uh, you know jury's out whether that's going to appear or not so, oh uh, so you have actually uh, bought one I've put the money down. I'm hoping it's going to work. Yeah. Well, I did have an offer for you, Pete, <gasps> because um, I am doing the highlights for the League Cup final, which right, means okay. I'll be there okay. with ITV. Yeah. Uh, my two guests. You'll be your producer. My two, no, no, no. My two guests are Peter Schmeichel and Shay Given. So right. I'm offering you the opportunity to impersonate one of them and I'll get, <laughs> get you in instead of one of them. Who yeah. do you reckon you do a better job at, at impersonating? I reckon I'd need, if I just wore a big trench coat. <laughs> It's sort of well, like on, each both, of, on you, someone's shoulders. You've got the first name Peter, so I'll go for Peter Schmeichel. Exactly, if they say yeah, Peter, yeah. you'll yeah, respond. Exactly. If they but, say Shay, you point. won't respond. <laughs> but <laughs> you actually get him a ticket? I can eat it. No. Oh, I can for fuck's sake. That'd be How proud, would you that'd be a really nice moment. <laughs> I, can get, I, I can eat a roast dinner like Shay. Yeah, big time. hoover that up. <laughs> but the thing is, if you do that, Jules, basically, Eddie Howell will just go up to him and go, have you got 90 minutes? You can you, <laughs> you volunteer Sorry, to go guys. and go. He volunteers to go and go regularly for his Sunday Sunday. I do, yeah. yeah. yeah to be not, fair, not we're, to last time. we're almost taking the piss having two goalkeepers as our guests, aren't we? When you guys <laughs> don't even have one. An embarrassment of riches. Even now are better than carriers. Is that what uh, Roy Keane got himself a ticket, though. Do you remember when he appealed for, yeah, a, for a ticket direct no to Eric Ten Hag live yeah. on air? Apparently yeah. he's, he's got one as well. Yeah, the, the, the quote... The of course qu- he has. I'll try that. So, so some particular PR person must have just thought that was a funny moment on telly and reached out to a, a quote from United about that particular incident. And it, what what came back was just the most boring, weird, <laughs> almost like, it's a very strange quote in response. A United source said after that incident happened where Roy Keane asked live on TV for Eric Town how to give him tickets, Eric respects Roy for his incredible playing career and isn't phased by the directness of his punditry. But it's not about his punditry. <laughs> it's about the directness of his ligging. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I never would have picked Roy Keane I respect for. it. Me either. I, I respect that. it a great deal. So, Jules, work experience turn up and, and work all the time. So, I mean, just you, you happen to be at the stadium. Would you like to be the makeup artist's assistant? Yes. I'll put on your makeup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I be the first to endorse that Pete's used a sharpie <laughs> yeah. it's dressed like a big goth <laughs> you've made me look like the bloke from Kiss <laughs> Jules is presenting the cup final it's a crazy, crazy yeah. cup 
With a killing joke t-shirt. <laughs> I'd love yes. a bit of that. If you, listen, we should do a direct appeal. If you can get Peter tickets yeah. to the cut final, by all means, pipe up and let us know. <laughs> Pete's given you a lot of free content over the years, haven't exactly. you, Exactly, guys. Yeah. If anyone can get Peter a ticket. Let's uh, focus on a couple of games at the bottom of the table. Everton with another win. Third game in charge for Sean Dyche. Obviously, they lost the derby, but back to winning again. And winning at home again, which I think is probably going to be key for them. That form at Goodison Park. Um, Seamus Coleman got the winner in the game, an unlikely goal scorer. Uh, he's adamant that his winning goal was deliberate because I think everyone thought it was a cross. Um, <laughs> did right. you see Did you see this goal, Pete? Yeah. He said, uh, he said um, his quote was brilliant. He said, everyone expected the cross, but the way my hip was feeling, I couldn't wrap my leg around it. So I just thought, you know what? I'm gonna have a shot. <laughs> I, I, always so trust, I always trust players who come out and say that, and then and then you look at the video again. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, yeah. This game was interesting because I think you know, and I said this on Monday, and um, you, you know, I don't think you le- you're going to learn an awful lot from Everton against Liverpool, other than the fact it's a derby game. People are interested in it mm. because of because of the history and because of the rivalry. Everton, it's not going to be key for Everton. As long as they don't get beaten heavy, heavy, it's not going to be key for them to, to whether they stay in the Premier League or not. The key games are exactly this kind of game. Can you beat Leeds at home? Yeah. And if you can, you're in reasonable shape because I think Sean Dyche will definitely sort them out. I think I think they've got more than enough quality to stay up. And I think he'll end up just doing that thing he always does where he makes it really difficult for teams to, to break them down. They'll work their socks off, they'll get their fitness up and they'll end up scoring loads of goals involving a cross to the back post mm. and a massive powerful header from like James Tarkowski or <laughs> yeah, something and no one will defend against it properly and that's what will happen over and over again. They'll stay in the Premier League. That's I, I, mean, what I think there's a definite limit to how far Everton can get and like I said before but it's crisis at the moment that's yeah, the point yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. bouncing from one crisis to I mean, another yeah in terms of staying up yes they can do it and I think yes he's the the, the, the man for the job but I mean this was not a good game no it was it's, it's a really really dire game and I think underlined how how bad the bottom bit of the league is mm. is this season can I just ask how did Tyler Adams stay on He's he's got a, he's always shit in these days, Tyler Adams. But the thing with Dwight McNeil, you oh, they, yeah. they had a proper scrap, didn't they? Yeah. They had and, a like, did, you, scrap. did you did you see how the steward was kind of yes. like cuddling like Dwight McNeil, yeah. like he'd rescued him from a mountain or something? <laughs> if, you, if, if you hadn't seen Put the jacket this, on him, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dwight McNeil gets pushed into the advertising board, <laughs> and he's sort of like kind of like crouching over himself and a steward comes over and just wraps himself around it. They've got everyone in, at Goodison involved. Mm. You like to see it. It's, you know, they're all fighting <laughs> they're rallying the same around. front, aren't they? But Tyler Adams has got a, um, he's got a bit of a um, reputation now for this kind of stuff. He's always kind of doing one thing or another. He just seems to be right amongst it. I think he maybe just sees it as part of his role or something, but didn't help uh, Leeds um, against Everton. No. no, it didn't. So another win for Everton, but a big win for Southampton as well at Stamford Bridge. Uh, they beat Chelsea 1-0. James Ward-Prowse with uh, a lovely, delicious free kick. That's what he's good at. I mean, he's, he's one off now equaling David Beckham's record of 18 direct free kick goals in the Premier <laughs> League, which is remarkable. And the thing that was... Um, was so pleasing about it, I think, is that last week, Southampton had a couple of opportunities from free kicks and for some reason they were taking them short and James mm. Ward-Prowse wasn't going for goal in positions where James Ward-Prowse would normally shoot from. So oh, as soon as he... I don't think you quite understand as Nathan Jones' as genius. As soon as he stood over this, I was like, please just take this direct. Um, and he did and he scored and it, and it got them the win in the end. Um, Chelsea were terrible. Yeah. And you look at you look at the um you look at the respective lineups and you think, you know, I'm pretty sure Ward Prowse was given man of the match, right? Yeah. And 
Warprowse is a good player. He's good at set pieces. You know, there's a lot of things he's good at. He's not a brilliant Premier League midfield player, in my view, right? And he's alongside um, Lavia in midfield, who's, you know, he's fine, but it's not, no, no, you wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup, right? You look at the quality in that midfield area. You've got Xiao Felix playing in the hole behind mm. um, um, whoever. You've got um, Enzo. Fana played up yeah, top. Yeah, so Enzo Fernandez playing. Um, in there, who's cost him out over much. 100 million? Kovacic, yeah. who's done everything pretty much. Yeah, and, and they're not winning games at home with that midfield against Southampton, <laughs> against the worst team in the league. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, know, I know Southampton lived a fairly charmed life in the, in, in the second half, and you know how Sterling didn't get a couple, I, I don't know, but yeah, he, that, that's fair. It's, it's, it's a mess, it is a mess at Chelsea, total mess. It's, 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 and, and, and you look at, um, first of all, Potter's aged about. 15 years since he's been in, in that job you, the environment he's working in is clearly not conducive to any kind of consistency or any kind of you know, chance of getting them into a position where they can start doing well it's it's really really bad news at Chelsea but if they, if they sack him this week which is let's face it not beyond the realms of, of, of possibility if they, lose, mm. if they lose in the Champions League you mean in the next or, or do no, you mean as soon as this week who knows who yeah. knows because that is a really bad result and a really mm. bad performance there's a sense that the fans are turning Particularly when they're away at Spurs next in the league. Yeah. And that's a big derby game, really. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's a sense that, you know, they want to give him time to work. But it's it's not just that you can say the upstairs at Chelsea has changed and the way that Chelsea has run has changed. But the atmosphere around Chelsea, the expectation around Chelsea has not changed. So how do you resist that? That's that's the difficult thing, isn't it? I think the interesting thing is that I I did wonder whether it would get to a point if Chelsea didn't get the results. And obviously, I'm a huge Graham Potter fan for everything he did at Brighton and, and how brilliant he did uh, for us as a club. I was worried for him because he's he's a lovely guy and he deserves to be successful. And I've always said that even even after he left when it was obviously quite a difficult time for Brighton fans when he, when he did take the Chelsea job. But, we, but I want to see him do well. And I did wonder whether there would come a point if they didn't get the results, whether his approach to management, his style, his interview style would, would start to actually irritate the Chelsea fans. And I think yeah. that maybe what they're used what Chelsea fans are used to more so is that if there is a performance that is as bad as as that one was against Southampton, they want to hear their manager say that was not good enough. That was rubbish. Mm. Whereas what we're what we're used to from watching Graham Potter over the years is he doesn't tend to do that. He's actually a very level headed manager. He never kind of calls anyone out too much. He, he, he'll he never really slate the team if they've it's, been bad. It's, it's impossible always, to get anything from him, really. Yeah, he's always very philosophical about yeah. it. You, know, you can't talk about, plan the, here you can't talk about the process when you're at Chelsea. That, no, that's the thing. And that's it? the difference, yeah. isn't it? Is whether or not Chelsea stick to the fact that this is a long-term project or whether they go, you know what? It, okay, we set out for this to be a long-term project, but perhaps right now, He's he just can't seem to get anything out of these players, and and in, that was that point you're making there, and Andy's backing up was was meted out in the um in the post match where the interviewer asked him, essentially you know in, in not so many words, but are you are you the problem here? Mm. This is because you know they're playing so, and he was like, and he was he flat batted it. He was like, wow, well, I can see why you might think that. I don't think I am, and he's moved on to the next thing, and he he didn't react to it at all. And given that we're used to seeing, if you look at. Guardiola, you look at Arteta, you look at Klopp. At the top end of the Premier League, you've got a lot of very emotional led characters. Mm. It definitely stands out. The one thing I would say is just that if we are going to talk about him being a process type manager, that's fine. But according to Opta, since he's been there, they've played nine different tactical shapes. 
you know. That doesn't surprise me because that's what he's like as a manager. He he wants the time to work out the best shape, the best starting eleven, and I, he just doesn't know it yet. And he, and 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 the, and, the, and the key thing for me is that they've got so many top level players, so many highly rated players, so many big personalities that how is it going to how is it going to work if he does finally if, if he stays in the job long enough to finally settle on a shape and the way he wants to play how are the players going to react if they're not in that first 11? Mm. Because, and has he got the personality to deal with that? I'm not saying he hasn't. I just don't, we don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of it, um, Nathan Jones, what would you do if you've just lost your job as the Southampton manager? Hide would, at home? You know, we've, yeah, we've seen a lot of other <laughs> managers, you know, do you remember Scott Parker? He went on a retreat, I think when, when yeah. he, um, mm. he left his job at Fulham or I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I think it was Fulham. Um, a lot of managers, you know, choose to hide away for a bit. Not Nathan Jones. No. Nope. Straight back out onto the pitch, Luke. <laughs> I know. And um, those of us who've heard him say that he's the fittest um, <laughs> man in the world when he was a player, <laughs> which he literally said, uh, would be very interested in him playing um, for Dorset Football League 12th tier side Cranbourne FC <laughs> uh, because he went off injured after 10 minutes with a calf, in- calf muscle problems. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I, I looked into this and I was... He basically said he was the fittest human in history. <laughs> which, I like that. I like that he's saying that. But I also had to make sure it definitely was him because when it got reported on Twitter that he was actually turning out for, for a 12th tier. So, yeah, fair enough. Good on him. I mean, you know, he's the age he is and he's, he still wants to play. That's fantastic. But he's, he has to realise that the profile he's got now and some of the things he said is going to come back to haunt him. Yeah. And for him to go off after 10 minutes. He apparently he did set up a goal. He did, he did, he did provide an assist <laughs> before he went off, but apparently a brilliant cross according to the social media person covering Cranbourne FC's Twitter. The, uh, the, the, the social media person, N. Jones. There's a, love, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lovely, um, wonderful diss hidden deep in his Wikipedia. Um, he spent two years at uh, Pendarren Park before signing for David Pleats Luton Town in July 1995 for uh, £10,000. Uh, he uh, soon became homesick at Luton and saw moved to Spain to join <laughs> Segunda Division Club, etc. It's just like a lovely little diss. It's like when Robbie Savage said he wanted to move because he wanted to be close to home and he ended up being like 50 miles further away. <laughs> to be fair, with Robbie Savage, that could have been an honest mistake, though, couldn't it? <laughs> probably, probably could have done. It's a great story. I love all the Twitter replies to it as well. They're just, it's just genius. So it's mostly Southampton fans. It's They're like so absolutely good. hammering him. It really is funny. It's also the worst kit I've ever seen. Oh, really? It's so bad. Yeah, I can't quite remember what it was from just the photo. It's really ugly. Yeah. Just, you know, there's just some. Leaves a club out of it. On this hard working work 12 tier Dorset Premier League side. <laughs> I can punch up. Don't punch down, Breach. Oh, dear. Oh, lovely stuff. Right. Well, those uh, are some of our favourite stories from the weekend. Hope you uh, enjoyed listening today, guys. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Pete. Good luck in your Thank quest you. to get a ticket for Sunday. We're, we're mm. all rooting for you. Well, well, I'm, I'm just going to brush the doors like every other fucker did last Thursday. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> don't, don't endorse that. Don't endorse that. Of course I'm not. No, I know you wouldn't. You're not, you're not like, physically powerful enough for you. Look at me, <laughs> look for, at you, me yeah. for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely to crawl through a sewer, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Which you, you could do that. Could do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. could do that. Well, you do look like Aircon. that man from Prison Break. That's what he did, didn't he? Uh, tea bag. Oh, tea, tea bag. bag. He gets the tea I don't bag. Think he, I don't on. think he got in. I don't think he got into the prison like that. I think, <laughs> I think he touched someone. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Go. <laughs> See you at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 